Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. fabulous interior design professional. I have a huge smile on my face because I just finished. Oh, hi, by the way, I'm Kimberly Selden. I don't think I said that off the top, but you're in the right place. This is business of design. Back to the smile on my face. I just had such a fun conversation with Jennifer Bertrand, who is an interior design professional, but also was the season three winner of design stars on HGTV. She couldn't be more fun. She couldn't be more lovely. And her story is really full of twists and turns, starting with a medical emergency uh, that she and her husband experienced with their young child. He's great. He's awesome. She says he's a perfectly wonderful 14-year-old named Winston, so it's a happy ending. But all of that gave her so much empathy and so much uh, wisdom in terms of what parents need who are facing medical emergencies and maybe what families need when it comes to what you need to put into interior design so everyone can feel their best. And certainly people who have fallen on some kind of hardship, whether that's a medical emergency or a veteran or some sort of hospital situation, they would definitely qualify as people you want to take extra care of. And you can just tell that Jennifer is just so full of love and care. And by the way, super successful. At the end of the podcast, we were kind of done recording. She tells me she just finished a project in New Zealand. She has another one coming up near Belize. She's just killing it and working so hard and giving so much back to the world. I think you are going to really connect with her as I did. In this episode, we're going to mostly focus on those things we can do for our clients now that will help them live and allow them to age in place. Even if clients don't think they need that, we all need that at some point. Or you might go skiing and have an accident and you have a busted knee and suddenly you need more help than you thought you did. So I always think this is a really good conversation to have. I'm happy we're having it with Jennifer. First, As always, you're going to hear from Cheryl Horn, and then we'll get right into the show. Lots of good information in the show notes about what Jennifer's up to now. She's going to talk about her current television show, which she's doing with Montel Williams, and it is Military Makeover. It's airing on Lifetime. All of this information, as I said, will be in your show notes, but definitely follow Jennifer at Jennifer Bertrand Design on Instagram. Thanks for being here. Let's get into it. Hey, we have a lot going on coming up soon, right? I'm going to have a really nice summer and I'm going to like unplug a little bit, go on a bike trip and do all that nice stuff. But you 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 reminded me last week that I have a very busy October. Tell them why. 
Yeah, business of design like owns you for all of October. <laughs> you are like on the road doing nothing but business of design. Uh, you are doing like a BOD 15 tour in October, hitting up three cities, uh, Toronto, Santa Monica, and Winchester for those in the DC area. I feel like I need a tour bus, like, you know, like a bus that says business of design on the side. And you, I mean, that you would should be, be driving. I think you should be driving the bus. <laughs> I adore Janine, but she's not driving the bus. There's no way. No. What is her? Doesn't she already have a bus? <laughs> no, she has a van. She has a, van, a tricked yeah. out um, yeah. camper. Well, not a camper van. What is it called? A Springer. Stringer. Springer. Oh, okay. Springer I have no van? idea. <laughs> you know, the kind of I have no idea, but it looks so amazing. cute. It's so cute. Anyway, we're not talking about Sprinter van. There it is. There it is. We're not talking about Sprinter vans. We're talking about a sprint to success for those of you who are going to sign up for the two-day intensive boot camp, really, that's going to mm-hmm. teach you the BOD 15, step one to step 15, actually pre-step one and all the steps, one to 15, and then post 15. So it's even more than just the 15 steps. It's pre and post as well. Tell tell everybody the dates and the cities and the cost. And please sign up. We want you there. All the good stuff. Okay, yeah. so uh, three locations, all in October, all Wednesday, Thursdays for consistency on our part. Um, we're hitting up Toronto on October 5th, 4th and 5th. Santa Monica, October 11th and 12th, and Winchester, October 25th and 26th. Uh, Details for all three seminars are the same. Uh, Registration is uh, done individually for them, so you can see the specific uh, details for each location. Uh, The price, we're currently doing uh, early bird registration until July, so it's $21.95, and then members are going to save an additional $200, so make sure you're logged into your member account before you hit that button to register. And uh, details are on the website. If you have any questions, please let me know, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com. Uh, I'm happy to answer those questions because space is limited. So we want to make sure that those interested uh, get a spot while Early Bird is running. Absolutely. And we should say also uh, lunch is included. And on the last day, there might be a drink involved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're usually, usually we like to celebrate in some way, but not if you're driving, of course. Um, it is an intensive two days. It is, there's zero theory. It's literally how you start the project, what happens in the middle and what happens at the end and what happens following the end. And uh, you'll get a lot of handouts and you'll be able to bring real life project scenarios with you to the class and ask questions. We will solve problems and uh, we would love to have you sign up. Uh, Toronto, Santa Monica and DC. How wonderful to be in DC. It's such a great, like I love that area. I love that part of the US. Yeah, we have a large community there. Um, One thing I will say, because I got this question a lot um, in March, you did uh, the BOD 15 in Australia. So one of the questions I got uh, is uh, this live two-day versus the online. So I will answer that for everyone now because we did have a mix of uh, members who have been with us for a long time and those new that were taking the BOD 15 for the first time. Um, This is a great jumpstart. You have a very clear picture or understanding of the full process in two days. And it is, again, a very intense two days. You're covering a lot of information. Um, But one of the important things about the online version is that it projects take a long time and you need to have clarity on each step as you get to those steps 
in real time. So if it's, you know, four months before your next presentation and you've just taken the intensive two day, uh, you're going to want the details of just that step as you approach it to make sure you are uh, following the systems within each step. Because of course, every step is made up of hundreds of <laughs> individual systems. So, I, yeah. um, you know, they, they sort of the live version and the online version go very well together because implementing is such a big uh part of making these steps work for you and uh, being profitable right from the the get-go with using these. And live, of course, you can ask questions in the moment. If you have an immediate question, you can ask it. But the online program means that on Thursday night at 10 p.m., if you're struggling Mm -hmm. with something that's in step four, you just open up the course and you go, oh, right, that's how I'm going to handle that. So there's different ways of learning. You know, back in the day, the only way you could learn the BOD 15 was uh, the live seminars. And a lot of people implemented and changed their business and changed their life, or we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have ever gone online. So uh, if you're more of an in-person learner, this is for you. And please sign up. I'm really looking forward to spending quality time with the design professionals who come on out. Yeah. And in part of these, we get to know um, the members and designers who attend them so well after the the two days. Um, you know, the, the results of the BOD 15 in Australia was a new BOD boss group exclusively to Australia. So we're certainly expecting to meet some of our newest boss members at these three locations um, when they participate in these seminars. We are. And I know you've been onboarding some new boss members. We still have openings. If you would like to be a BOD boss member, you you do have to have completed the BOD 15 online or in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an application process. And uh, if you're ready to really have um, stratospheric growth and continue that with motivation, mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a new board of directors, the new BOD, uh, as we like to call it, the board of directors, then consider BOD boss. And you can sign up in North America or Australia. Both groups have openings right now. Yes. And we are working on the onboarding process. So I do encourage you uh, sooner rather than later, get those applications into me. If you've got any questions, by all means, reach out uh, or check out the details um, on the website, businessofdesign.com and just click on boss in the main menu. Right. And those of you who attend BOD 15 in Toronto or uh, are a boss member, because there's a boss group that's coming to Toronto, you're going to get to see Cheryl in person, which is amazing. I do. Yeah, I get to participate in the next, uh, for our original boss group, uh, I get to participate in their meeting, which is, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And Larry, our BOD CFO, Larry will be uh, there as well. So that'll be fun. Yeah, he's joining in person this time if they, because they're in Toronto. So he's hinting about coming to Australia. So I'm like, hmm. This could be there you go. Be kind of an epic, epic event. Thank you, Cheryl. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Well, I'm very excited to have Jennifer Bertrand on the show today. Nice to see you, Jennifer. Nice to see you, and thanks for having me. Now, if you were a huge fan of HGTV's Design Stars, you probably remember Jennifer from season three. I had a couple of friends on that show, Jennifer, but I don't know if they were your season or not. Do you remember a guy named Tim Mather? 
Oh, I think he's a different season, but I know who he is. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, anyway, I know you've been doing a ton since then. So catch us up. What have you been doing? And I guess let's start with this too. If you if you're thinking, if you're an interior design professional, you're thinking, oh, if I got on a TV show, my career would be made. Tell us what that feels like and how that worked for you. Yeah. So I always think like winning design star is like a pageant that you can milk it forever and just use it on your resume. And it's like, Hey, I'm one of those people who won the show. I think there's eight of us, maybe nine of us. Um, David Bromsad, Tiffany Brooks, Emily Henderson, they're all amazing. And you're probably like, who are you, Jen? Where did you go? Which I'll tell you that story later. But, um, and I do a show now on Lifetime with Montel Williams, and we do makeovers for injured veterans. So I'm getting into heaven. I'll see you at the bar. Like, my whole concept is... TV was awesome. We all know it's nothing like real design, that there's a whole contrasting world. But what I tell designers as they um, have clients who say, I love these shows is what it is, is a foot in the door to talking points that you can use with clients. And then it also is a good, you know, aesthetic guidance for what they're drawn to. When people ask me what shows I watch, I say I'm scarred. I've seen the wizard behind the curtain, but I do watch shows from the UK like Impossible Builds and stuff like that. Or I liked America's um, Million Dollar Decorator. I appreciated that one. I think you summed this up all very, very nicely. I don't, I don't think getting on a TV show necessarily means your career is going to catapult. I think winning the season actually certainly helped. Um, and I know I've had three of my own C, uh, my own TV series on HGTV Canada. And what that did for me is just, I had name recognizability for clients and it allowed me to raise my fees and, but it, but it doesn't teach you how to run the business and it doesn't teach you how to survive in the crazy business that is interior design. You've sort of transitioned or morphed or transformed yourself into, as you said, your series with Montel, where you're helping families. What led you to tackle that as your next realm? How did you get there? You know, it's funny because I always say it's like the Wizard of Oz at the end when she's like, and you were there and you were there. Like, I never would have chosen my journey. Like, why people listening to this would be like, who is that lady? I always say I look like the love child of Paula Dean and Jack Black. Like once you get to know me, you're like, hey, she's not so annoying. And I actually would enjoy something with her. But when I won the show, I finished television. I was all skinny and hot. I had lost a lot of weight because on television, all you did was film every hour and eat very little. But I came home. I ended up getting pregnant. Um, ends up at five months, we were told our son had a tumor. Don't worry, my son is now a brat and 14 years old and alive. Sometimes I forget to say that. But I ended <laughs> up um, going through a whole journey, which was crazy because it was a design client who did my sonogram, who told me our son had issues. And she said after that, she will never do anyone she knows. And it was a design world reality colliding. But our journey ended up being, um, we were told he had a tumor, worse than a tumor, trach, feeding tube, nurses 18 hours a day, um, lost our house, lost our cars, coded on us. He was over a million medical. So the reality of a medical catastrophe, and I'm married to an English Larry David, so we got through it with twisted humor. I learned how much your environment affects the way you feel and live. So it actually made me a better designer. Would I go through it all again? 
I guess if it meant having my child the way he is, awesome. Yes, I would do it. But oh, um, no. it was hard. You yeah, it was never a- wish that journey on everyone. But I love. Well, it. no, I I would go through it again if it meant I landed where I was For meant sure. to go. But like it was um, the hardest thing ever. But we got through it because of friends, family, everyone. So now when I help veterans who are facing PTSD and hidden injuries and visible injuries and not having much. I just so appreciate what we do as designers because I really know we can help families heal and create beauty. I love the snobby high-end design, but I also just love the masses design that lets people feel home. And you've also kind of, um, well, obviously, if you're working with veterans who have sustained all kinds of different injuries, you've had to learn about different ways of making homes comfortable and accessible for everyone. So can we talk about that? What are, I mean, Mm -hmm. for those, for those who maybe haven't, don't have that as a niche, one day it's likely you'll have someone who has some special needs. And I, and I think we all want to be conscious of what is required as we have an aging population and we're dealing with clients with different mobility issues. So tell us some of the things uh, that you think might be helpful for us to learn. Well, it's funny because a lot of things are things that as designers, we probably should implement anyway. And some of them are things that cost more because it's not as accessible to the masses yet. Um, But things like zero entry doorways is something you're seeing more um, a part of. I got to speak at KBiz with um, Veronica from Modanus and some other amazing designers who really just talk about how to make it look beautiful, but simplify the concept. Hidden things that you you, probably... I'm going to slow you down. You can tell Jennifer's got that big uh, television personality. You like have to like get it in there with a wedge just because somebody might not even know what is zero what did you even call it oh yes zero, zero entry in- door does that mean no no threshold yes so when you're transitioning from exterior to interior or room to room like we all do it when you go from a living room to a bedroom you want no transition so everything stays at the same level when you start to go into showers We always throw in a curb as designers because that's what builders do and it's the cost efficient thing. However, if you design a shower to have no entry and zero entry into it, it yes, it gives them the chance that they can age into it. They could injure themselves and still work for it. I have a client who's like 33 right now and she had um, some kind of neurological issue and we're having to have a whole issue on handrails. And 33, that's really young. So, um, but same for your front doors of inside to outside or garage to house, stuff like that. Okay, I want you to keep going with other things, but I wanted to make sure we unpack that. And you said right off the top, some of these things are things we should implement anyway. And so I'm going to assume you mean like a grab bar in the shower. Like, why not put one in there? Well, and you know, the hard part is, let's all face it, it was... Um, horrible to your eyeballs it used to be. Kohler came out with a bunch of grab bars. I know C-Chrome does ones that you can powder coat to different tones. Um, and slowly you're seeing more. If you don't want to do grab bars and showers, you just put the backing in the walls so it's there. And it just makes you look brilliant. Yeah. And what we always talk about is 
As designers, often we're having to be experts on everything. But if you start a new construction build and you say, hey, I've got a few experts that I'm just going to bring in and you could choose to use a la carte, then it really just makes you look good. And then it helps, um, you know, you design for how they're going to age into the house. So, for example, low voltage, a designing hallway, kind of nightlight the hallways. So that way it works if you have an older parent who lives with you. Alzheimer's and all of that, they have issues with um, needing nightlights and they have daylighting issues. There's really a whole art to it. And if you're like, Jennifer, I love you, but I will not learn all of that. My head already hurts. There are physical therapists you can just bring in as a one to two hour consult when you start a build that can provide stuff. So, and I can give you the name of one we spoke with that you can use as a resource for your listeners if they'd like names. We of would love that. I've I've had really good success hiring people one of for circumstances where I was out of my depth. And one case, it was a, a young a, a young boy who was um, had a disability that was going to get progressively worse over time. So I needed to make sure that we had wheelchair charging stations. And I didn't know any of that until I had this expert in. So it's, it is really important to arm yourself with the right knowledge and think ahead. And I love that you mentioned the backing for the grab bars. You touched on lighting, but can you get into some more specifics about how lighting goes terribly wrong for people who are aging in place or any any other kind of condition where lighting might be really important? Well, you think about it. I mean, one, we always improve task lighting and we always make sure you have ambient lighting. I have a client right now that sold a tech company. So they're spending a lot to make this a smart home and a lot of like supplemental lighting. But a lot of it is also just talking about how they live. So let's take something like circadian rhythms. So that is how your body adjusts to the light throughout the day. It can influence your mood. So I'm doing a project right now for a Chicago and we're the the room we're doing it for is for families for NICU units and there are no windows so we're create we're doing these light panels in the ceiling that will give sunlight and they work like the day so it'll have the daylight change and then we're doing transom kind of light panel windows in the bedroom so it does the same thing so it helps your mental mindset and your mood um, just by the lighting design of it which is such a beautiful concept Lighting is so essential and so important. And I think it's one of those things you don't notice unless it's bad. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> it's just kind of there and it's wonderful. But but when it's missing or absent or poor, it can actually even be dangerous. Can we talk about also pink colors? Because you must have certain colors or combinations of colors or how you manipulate contrast to help people aging or with is- visibility issues. Well, sometimes it's like more just about the contrast so they can see the different planes. So like right now, I call it the Xanax of design. Everyone loves their white on white on white, which I totally high five and celebrate. Obviously, I am personally a color person maximalist, but I have a lot of clients who do like the less is more. If you think about it, if you have an older parent living with you or someone who's aging or facing Alzheimer's because it's getting younger and younger, there are things you do by creating 
different planes to the eyeball. So you have to have contrast for them to be able to see it. So it shows up and registers in their brain to their eyeballs. I won't pretend I'm a thousand percent expert. However, I have learned a lot of this the hard way, like all of you. I've been doing this 20 years. And the more I work with veterans or older populations, you just kind of learn as you're around people and you have the need for it. My advice to designers would be, don't feel dumb asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and I think the more you bring in other people, the better you'll look. But real quick, back to that circadian lighting. We talked to a family about having just the upstairs kid landing area, all the bedrooms, all the loft zones on a circadian rhythm so it helped them register, get ready for bed without having to say it. It just naturally dims down and starts to soften the mood. So things like that can be helpful for parents and make you look like you're amazing at what you do. That's so smart. Like technology's really come a long way and there's a lot of things that we can kind of rely on if we are if we choose to. That's really interesting. I'm glad you said that. My husband's smartwatch has a little thing that it plays when it's time to get ready for bed. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like, oh wow, it's telling us it's time to get ready. But lighting I think would be a really good feature. Um, mm -hmm. okay, amazing. You and you mentioned I I know what you mean about um, you know, you said the the humble thing, which is, I don't know everything. I don't, you know, profess that I'm the expert, but you have been doing it 20 years and you've learned a lot and there's probably lots more to learn. And when you talked about different contrasts and different planes, are you talking specifically, for example, on a staircase, like so that the risers and treads are different colors, making it more easy to see where to put your foot? That as well as like countertops with floors and kitchens or bathrooms as well. Um, so I know there are different programs you can get certified. I'm certified living in place. There are a lot of right answers for you if you want to educate yourself. Um, even having horizon lines with tile in the bathroom. I'm not a big fan of the little stripes, so I like to do it in a cooler way. I know. But <laughs> I know those those stripes of the 90s. It, it was like, yeah, or the 80s. I remember those stripes <laughs> in the 80s. I can't do them, but you're right. Like to show somebody where the horizon and where the countertop is so you can fumble around in there a little easier. Huh, interesting. You know what I think it is? So like when I was not to sound like a jerk, but I grew up in Germany as a kid. My dad was NATO and I lived in Italy later in a, a palazzo with a little family um, each each level was a different family member. And when you start seeing multi-generational living happening, happening more in America, which it is, you're seeing more of it and people moving in due to, you know, prices and whatnot or taking care of parents. These are things that as designers are going to become more and more prevalent. So if you make yourself the expert in your area, it's just easy marketing that will just happen for itself because You've just created a niche that is needed and it's going to one of the ways you can do it is find your local news, pitch a concept of, hey, look, these are top five things you can design into a home that will help if your parents ever came to live with you. That's an easy talking point for a news station to want to have you on to talk about it. So fun things like that. Is that how you, I mean, we're jumping around now, but you can see like the energy here is so exciting. I have a million questions for Jennifer. Is that kind of how you found yourself on the TV show? Did like, were you going after local press and somehow HGTV found you? Because I'm sure people would love to know. 
I, you know what? I think anyone in television has a delusional aspect that they think they're great at what they can do. I was the middle child who obviously needed attention. I um, have a teaching background as well. So I just love teaching people. I like to do it in a way that no matter what you have or don't have, it's accessible for all. So I love to inspire people to create their own greatness. So I, I did, I kind of just did a casting call is how I got in and sent in my and back then DVD. Um, but so <laughs> I did that and I did do news segments as well. But part of my thing is, is if you're not a television person, that's okay. Sometimes just use your own Facebook feed as a teaching moment for people. Sometimes I think it's just showing belief in yourself, whether it's on TV, on Facebook or whatever. It just is later when they need someone who's an expert, they'll remember they saw it on your feed or whatever, and they'll come to find you. So you don't have to do it with your face on camera. You can just do it with your logic and your words. Oh, I think that's great advice for everyone. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about, I believe there's like a painting of John C. Riley behind you on the wall. Like what? that's the most random thing I've ever seen. What's happening back there? Isn't that amazing? So you passed the test. So I am, I take design very seriously. I love it. But anyone who knows me knows I love to laugh in life. I think that's partially because what we went through with our son that I just, so like I had a high-end artist paint these paintings these are original paintings but I just couldn't do anything serious so like I had them pick um their favorite scenes like from Step Brothers, which was when they did the interview I also have the big Lebowski in my kitchen I have someone <laughs> painting fear and loathing for my husband's office currently so I always laugh because either people spot them or they don't and I think it's funny and you pass the test well you're off I see all kinds of cool things back there. I didn't notice that that's Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell. Oh, yes. like, okay. Okay. But there's also, it looks like there's maybe wallpaper. There's a hat. There's like a greeting card. I don't know, a tea bag. What the heck is going on there? You're truly like a super <laughs> so, creative person, right? <laughs> These are all different projects. So like that's tile going into one of our Chicago hospital projects. Um, nicely, one of the things that I found as a specialist was I get brought in to bring the fun or to challenge the norm on some of these commercial projects. So I do, I've done a bunch of like kind of cause marketing projects. So Ronald McDonald houses, we just finished a big hospital project at Northwestern Hospital. Um, I'm doing another one for Advocate. This is, um, and what's funny is I had seen this tile at, I think it was ICFF in New York a couple of years ago, and I finally got to use it. We all as designers have things that we're like, I love that someone, please say yes. So I finally got it. This is for a porch for a client, the outdoor furniture. It's Liberty of London. My what people, if they let me do my thing, is to use color as a neutral and just make it a hug to your soul and just feel happy without being crazy. Um, that's what I do. So on these hospital projects, I get come in to bridge the world between Ronald McDonald House architects and push it outside the box. 
But you have this personal experience too, where you really know what a parent is going through. So I bet you're just fantastic at this and you must give so much comfort <laughs> and um, hope to the parents you meet. You're truly inspiring, like such a, such a wonderful human being. That's amazing. Um, we you. like to end every episode with design intervention, just a great piece of business advice you have for anyone listening or a, or a motto that you stand by. Gosh, you know, there's so many. My one thing would be is um, I, I love if you challenge the norm. Take what's expected and turn it on its head. You go to do a dining room, everyone knows there's going to be a sideboard, two lamps, and a piece of art or a mirror. Don't do that. Uh, like, rebel, rebel. Do the opposite. I always think it's hard to be the human that thinks outside the box. And yes, it's more of a pain with your subs and everyone. But it also is what will make you stand out. So just if you need to hear this today to say, yes, that weird idea is worth the pain and headache, I high five you and I encourage you and you be the person everyone copies on Pinterest. That's excellent advice. I also read somewhere that you have an expression about um, feed the eagles and starve the turkeys. But I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, I should have said that one. I should have read what I wrote. So there's a saying called um, "feed, uh, starve the turkeys, feed the eagles. So if you think about it, the turkeys are the things that are not going to make you money. They're in your face every day. And they're usually the things that will take the most time. You want to focus on the bigger concepts like the eagles, the projects that are going to make you money, that are going to be the wow factors for you. And the hardest part of our industry is saying no to those turkey low-lying things that slow you down and don't get you where you want. I know it's easier said than done because I still got some turkeys around me. But if we all focus on the eagles, we get there in the end. I love it. That's fantastic. Okay, well, if there's a television producer listening, somebody needs to give this woman her own show again. I would watch you do anything. (laughs) You're so much fun and super talented. And I love that you're actually a a, a real practicing designer. I think that that makes you an expert we can listen to. Yay. And please watch Military Makeover so we can help more veterans. Yes, yes, we will. And we'll put a link to the show in our show notes as well. And congratulations on everything you're doing. It's all wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. 